0: Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. This is our Tuesday Night Live. We are talking about friendships and relationships. We have asked our 16 and 13 year old to join us as we talk about navigating healthy relationships in the body of Christ. Um, One of the things that we're going to explore is how we pick friendships, how we determine um, what kinds of friendships are healthy and how to avoid the pitfalls of relationships. All right. So, man, we had this great conversation with our kids earlier today, and this is sort of like how a lot of our um, conversations spark, you know, what we talk Mm -hmm. about in cultures based on... um, trying to to minister to our kids and equip them and just have conversations about living as faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and answering some of their questions and, you know, validating some of the things that they observe in culture. Yeah. And so we had a conversation today about friendships and about healthy friendships and, you know, how you establish, you know, God glorifying um, relationships, how we minister to each other, how we speak honestly with one another, and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I thought it was really good. And so we we thought, man, you know, let's let's talk about that tonight on the live because not only is this a question that I think teens would have about how you establish healthy friendships, but I think in the body of Christ, just in general,
1: in in general. And I think that's why you, you have so many scriptures that talk about you know how we should treat one another. Mm-hmm. You know, bear with one another because we're in a family. And so in a family and in, in just a biological family, you're going to rub each other the wrong way. Yeah. How do we deal with that? Well, the scriptures tell us that we are to love one another, you know, with an unconditional love. We, we love from the heart. I think yeah. it says in Peter. And so the thing is, this is a big deal. Because we have different personalities and different things, you know, and all of us are prone to, to sinfulness in, mm-hmm. in different ways. And so you get a bunch of us together and we, yes, we are followers of Christ, but there are still things, you know, that we have to be sanctified, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, we're changing, we're growing. And, but while that is happening, you know, we have to navigate these relationships. And so sometimes uh, we can rub each other the wrong way. Uh, we can, you know, do things or say things, maybe not on purpose, but that would be offensive, you know, and, and these type of things, we have to really confront, uh, uh, you know, one-on-one in a lot of time, a lot of times and directly and yeah. not just, you know, from a distance because the enemy loves to bring disunity. My goodness. He, that's one of the first things in a church. He'll try to begin to sow seeds of discord, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You have to be on guard. And so our relationships matter.
0: Yeah. So let's start with asking the kids, um, asking Mariah and JD a question. And you guys can just decide how you want to start this. Off, but like um, and then we we will join you in answering some of these questions and then also pulling questions from people who are joining us on the live, from the family of God who are joining us on the live right at this moment. So here's the first question: What should we value in friendships? Like when we talk about the people that we consider friends, how do we determine what we value in those friendships?
2: Uh sure. Yeah. Uh, I think there are many things, but I know for sure. Well, there are a couple of things I'll start with that. first of all, you want a friend who doesn't just make you look good because I think a lot of times I know there are some people who just want a friend that'll like make them look good and It's like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with so and so whatever. Mm. but like I've learned to start to value friends that are like they uh check in with you and like uh they care about you like your per- like your personal life and uh, your spiritual life if that if that friend is a Christian, which we should strive to have Christian friends that'll um encourage us in our faith and we can challenge each other and I think as I've I've gotten older I've like started to try and look out for those friends and I know I'm in relationships with those kind of friends who are like we can challenge each other and we can like ask each other how we're doing what we're reading and stuff like that instead of just like and of course there's always time for just fun stuff I mean it's a friend you know you want to have fun you want to goof off and stuff like that but you know then there's also the time where it's like you can challenge each other and grow each other in your faith so Mm. that's that's one thing that I look for.
0: How did you, let me ask this question, JD, how did you shift away from the friend that you, and not that these have to be mutually exclusive because I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. but how did you shift away from maybe most immediately being drawn to the person that you felt like, well, this is the cool person that I want to hang out with or, and maybe only valuing that to now valuing what I'm hearing you say is accountability a person who is really walking with the lord and will ask you tough questions and will hold you accountable um and then you can do the same thing like how did you shift away from that
2: Yeah I think I do still have I like I still have friends like let me be clear not all of my friends are like that I do have a couple of friends who are like that I do still have friends that like maybe all of our conversations are kind of shallow at times but I've learned to, I guess, have a mixture. So I do have those friends that were, we're kind of just like, maybe you just, you know, I like basketball. We just talk about that a lot. Or maybe we just talk about school or gaming or whatever we're into. And uh, then I have other friends who are like, we still talk about those things, but it's like, we have other things that we talk about. So it's not like I'm like, oh, I just don't want friends that talk about this anymore. All my friends have to be talking about the Bible 24 seven. It's not like I just like made that complete drop, but I was like, like, this is valuable. It's valuable to have a friend that, challenges you with these things and um, urges you on to be better in your relationship with God. And so I just kind of, I think it was just like, as I got older, I was just like, you know, I want to have that kind of person who's like, it was really, um, it was kind of based off of a a sermon that we had in a men's Bible study that we did. It was a teaching where it's talking about accountability and having someone who's checking in with you um, every once in a while and seeing how you're doing. And then after that, you know, I just talked to one of our uh, one of my friends at church and I was just like, hey, you wanna maybe start something? And it just uh, worked out. So I would encourage other people to do that kind of thing, to have someone that challenges you and uh, checks in with you. But yeah. it wasn't right off the bat. And I do still have those other friends too.
0: Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof, and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look (laughs) good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's cool. I appreciate that that clarity um, and that honesty. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. What about you, Mariah? Like as a girl, how do you decide what you value in friendships? Like what, what are you looking for in maybe like a circle of friends or someone that you um, consider a close confidant?
3: Um, for me, I personally, uh, I, I, I'm drawn to people who are genuine. I try to be as genuine as I can. And I feel like it, uh, as far as girls are concerned, it's really hard to find a group of girls or even like a friend who is a girl that's genuine. I feel like just our nature is to be very made up and just like shallow a lot of the time. And we're just very like um, sometimey and you know, and it's just, it's. I feel like it's really hard to like have true relationships. And so I feel like something I, um gravitate toward. I'm like, man, I would like to invest in a friendship. I would actually like to walk up to that person and say hello instead of like avoiding that person is when I notice that that person is genuine. That is something that draws me into like, um, go further in with a relationship with that person. If I meet someone, you know, there's kind of that moment where you're talking with that person and maybe you haven't established a friendship yet, but you're deciding is this something I want to be involved in or I don't know. And when I start to feel like this person is genuine, that's what continues me, like that I guess encourages me to continue in that friendship, like, okay, yeah, um, this person isn't fake.
0: How do you confirm that the person is genuine? Is what, what from... What from the conversation or the interaction, in addition to just the person wanting to talk to you and and not being, you know, closed off, how do you know that the friends that you keep are actually genuine? Like, what's your metric for that?
3: Well, I mean, I guess I can, I guess I'll use myself. Um, I try to be as genuine as I can when I meet people, when I talk to people, when I'm uh trying to make friends and i feel like what i do my methods are just to be myself and i feel like um and i I know that's a cliche like oh my goodness used everywhere like just be yourself but i really feel like you can tell when someone is either um maybe is struggling with insecurity um insecurities or is just so i guess large in their head they choose not to be themselves because they want to be like um someone that maybe just gets a lot of people but doesn't really have like, um, I guess, I don't know, like true relationships. So for me, I try to be, uh, like I was saying before, like genuine, I try to, um, I try to be kind. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm also not, I'm not interested in people who aren't kind to other people. That's yeah. another thing that I feel like that, that deters me like immediately. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in, you know, the girl may be pretty and maybe has like, I guess charisma, but if she's not kind to people, I'm just, so um, I guess, so what you were saying, like the way I measure, um, I guess it can tell like who's genuine, who and who isn't, is I think, and like, it's like, it's kind of hard to, like when, you know, when you're talking to someone and you can kind of tell, like, you can kind of tell if you're talking to a liar, almost, <laughs> you know, when, yeah. someone, when you're talking to someone, you can kind of tell, oh, this person isn't truthful. For me, that's kind of how it is. I When you start to talk to someone, you can tell, uh, or at least for girls, which girls are kind of like bad girls. You know what I mean? Like those girls that you're kind of like, ooh, this is, not the, this is not the crowd that you want to be in. It's not the kind yeah. of people you
1: want to be around. So so did you gain that? I don't know if the, that answers your question. Yeah. Did yeah. you gain that discernment like over time? Like, it, Was it having those experiences that kind of taught you, okay, this is who I want to be around and and this type of person like you know is a person of character like how did that even come about that you gained that discernment to be able to distinguish
3: yeah I think so like the first half of uh, your question I think like JD was saying I feel like it's natural not like it's a good natural I just feel like it's especially when you have your own insecurities as like a blossoming teenager, I feel like it's uh, easy to want to be around the people that make you look cool. The people that, mm. you know, um, give you clout basically that yeah. are like, <laughs> you know, that's uh, interesting just on, but the outer appearance, really, I think yeah. for me, that's what a lot of things was like, this person isn't like this, this person is, doesn't look like that. This person isn't weird like this. So I'm going to hang out with, especially and that's amplified when you're hanging when you have to do with your own, like, you know, growing up and changes. And it's just mm. like, you want to kind of have, be around someone who, so I think it gets easier. Um, I'm just saying from my personal speir- experience, it got easier for me when I was able to kind of you know, past that. And when I was in between that, I think we had lots of conversations about like, what kind of people to be around. Like I, um, there was a girl in my neighborhood, and mom, you remember this, that I was kind of interested in being friends with, but we weren't really sure about her. And craziest thing is I had a dream Um, that I was walking up to her house and she was um, holding these ferocious dogs by the leash and they were like barking at me aggressively and I was like oh Mm. my goodness like I'm like what is going on and I brought that dream to mom and she was telling me that I think you said that oftentimes in the Bible like aggressive dogs or dogs in general are usually used as a negative sign and so or like danger and so basically um, in my dream I was told stay away from this girl and I never hung out with her again so yeah it's, it's really like-
0: interesting that you that you bring that up because i remember that situation and i remember you kind of thinking that this girl which she doesn't live in our neighborhood anymore but it was at the time um thinking that she was cool and thinking that you know oh it might be need to be friends with her which I don't ever have a problem with you guys reaching out to people right? right I don't have a problem with you guys being missional especially as followers of the lord but i think sometimes we can have this idea that, you know, because we all are growing up in America, that we're all Christians and we all have the same belief and we all have the same conviction. And if the person doesn't, then it's very easy to be led astray by that um, evil communication. Right. And so I remember us having this conversation and I remember us both kind of feeling like, uh, I don't know. And I more so than you felt like, man, I just don't know. I don't know that there's any fruit there. I don't know if that's a person that you'd want to just be spending a lot of time with unless you were being intentional about sharing the gospel. And then um, my goodness, I guess within a week or two weeks or so, I don't remember the time frame, but you came to me with this dream that you had um, where this girl specifically was holding this pack of dogs that were like barking at you. And I just felt like it was a confirmation for what we were sensing that no, this is probably not the kind of company that you want to keep. Um and I appreciated that you respected that and obeyed. And uh anyway, and and we got through it. But I think were you were you gonna there was a, a question
3: other than the second half.
0: I think dad had two parts to his question.
3: The first part was like um I was being honest about like agreeing with what JD was saying that yeah, that is something that I feel like in the beginning was my same case and then second because dad talked about discernment yes um i feel like i like as far as like being reared. yeah we've always had that you know um what to look out for what things are important but then it gets to the point where you can hear that but still kind of feel like but man like i'm so like and i want to be around and i think um like jenny was saying as you get older or for me at least it starts to matter less and i think discernment has been a huge thing for me um like i i can't even begin to like explain how discernment has really helped me to make the right decisions um i really how do you let me let
0: me ask you a question
3: go ahead
0: to to parents and teenagers so to parents listening who hear you say that um discernment has made a difference in the way you choose your friends discernment has made a difference in, in, you know, how you decide how you're going to spend your time. How do you describe discernment?
3: Um, well, first I think it's, I think it's a gift that was, uh, I think it's my spiritual gift. So I think that's one thing. I think it, you can pray for like wisdom, but then you can also have the gift of, and we've talked about gifts sometimes. Um, you can have the gift of whatever and the gift of, so I feel like, um, I have the spiritual gift of discernment, so that's number one. But so, then, what does that feel two, like?
0: Like I'm, I'm pressing you here because, like, if if somebody yeah. were to hear you say, um, "I just like according to the to my discernment," like I, what what is that? Is that just a, is that just a feeling? Is that just something that like oh, I don't know? I don't like it. How do you describe that? It's. All,
3: I feel like it's like an impression. Um, sometimes I feel like though. When it's hard to decipher, I'll pray, like, help me to know the right things to say. Because sometimes I'll feel in my heart what to say. But it's also head knowledge, too, because I feel like I've learned a lot. And so I feel like there are things that I've just been taught by you guys. That's like, that would be the right thing to say here. But I pray to see, to discern, to, I guess, choose whether or not that should be said. Hmm. So the discernment really comes in, like, decision makings for me. And I think I've also, discernment has helped me to kind of, like, I don't want to use the word, like say map out people, but kind of know who to, like this. And I use the word discern. I don't like I like the world would say something like yeah, like, she, like they have a vibe about them, and like she has vibes about people. I don't really like to use that word. Uh, I mean, I guess in a like non Christian context, you can. But if, I guess if you're in a Christian context, I like I like to use like Christian words. <laughs> so um, that's that's the word I use because I feel like it describes best. Um, like, I'll, I'll come to you guys and, like, talk about different people that I've encountered. And I may not know the whole story, but I'll just say these things that I've picked up from the short time I've been with them. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, you're discerning this and that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know um, if that answers your question.
0: No, it does. It absolutely does. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. I, I wanted to address one of the questions or the comments from, um, from one of our sisters on the live who said that they live in an area where – um, her children, they're not surrounded by Christians. And it's, let's see, here it is. Here it is. Uh, this is Pam who said that we live in a very Mormon community and it's challenging for my two kids, 13 and 11, um, to make friends. Now is that 85 to 90% of the time? I don't know if that's, if there's maybe more to that, maybe to help me understand the rest of that.
3: Oh yeah. It's 85
0: to 90% and then she put percent Mormon. Oh, 85 to 90% Mormon. Okay. I gotcha. Um, man, that's really tough, right? Because it really does seem like you are deposited as a missionary, mm-hmm. you, yeah. right? As the person who knows the Lord and is, is full of the faith and understands how to communicate that you are a missionary. You want to equip your kids because as they grow, they will also be missionaries. I would imagine. And this depends on the kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's not Um, Always just based on the age, 11 does not automatically mean the level of maturity to be able to witness and to stand firm. So you have to measure that and observe that in your children. Um, 13, maybe a little bit more. Um, But again, it depends on the child's um, receipt of the gospel and the discipleship. Right. Because I wouldn't one of the one of the first things that we would want to say is that those kids will be a witness to those around them. But in order to to witness, they've got to be a witness, right? right. So they've got right. to know the Lord. They've got to know the truth. But here's another thing. I would say they've also got to understand the Mormon... Mm. Tradition, like they've they've got to understand what they they are up against, yeah, so that they can combat that. So, so that would be that would be um, a part of my undertaking. This is just practical speaking. Um, A part of my undertaking would be to teach my kids about cults and false religions, and so that they would understand sort of how these are characterized and what they should watch for. Because you know, sometimes you can talk to a person, and they will say, "I'm a Christian." And and I believe what you believe, except I believe this. And it's not all that bad. It's not that far off. And so I would say, man, it's really important for kids to be able to defend the faith. Um, but can I also say, and this is probably, J.D. and Mariah can speak to this, you know, if, I, if I'm like, that's just pie in the sky. But I feel like it's a blessing that they are close in age because they can be friends to one another.
3: Yeah. Mariah, yes.
0: J.D., can y'all, like... <laughs> 13, 16, like, that's pretty close. Can you guys be friends with and one I'm another? Friends?
3: Oh, I was thinking more like me and Gabby, but yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah, that, having siblings <laughs> close to age, yes, you can be
2: friends no with
1: No shade. One <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs>
3: I feel like you I can
2: say I that like like me and Gabby are friends. I don't know what you say, before. You're just so
1: difficult. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is a different live. We can talk about difficult. Well, actually, it is this live. We can talk about yeah. navigating, navigating difficult relationships, relationships difficult friendships. Merle is right. Did he say no? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, Teresa, JD's like, nah, yeah, Yeah. That's you guys are reading them. Well, guys, welcome to our life. All right. So here's my question. And I want to throw this out to, um, to also the adults on the live, Mm -hmm. as we talk about friendships and talk about like the church culture. Um, one of the things that we love to observe is, man, we've been brought from all kinds of backgrounds into the body of Christ. It's an amazing thing. Right. So everybody's got like their personality and they've got um, the things that they value. And what we're trying to do is get to a place where what we value is Christ culture. Right. We value right. what the Lord has told us to value. So my question is this. Um, how do we know when we have um Healthy relationships, healthy friendships. Like, how do we measure those things to know that okay, this is a good friendship. This is a this is a great dynamic here. Um, how do we know what that looks like? Hmm. You talk for like fifty
2: minutes straight. I'm long-winded. Deal with it, I can't. <laughs> Mariah. I'm oh. oh, fine. That's crazy. When do you ever <laughs> hear my me? Head is hurt. When do I you
0: ever hear me tell Dad, deal with it? I'm long-winded. <laughs> Never, never, never.
1: Really?
3: never. Okay.
0: No, I mean you can go ahead, but I'm just saying charity <laughs> no, <it's okay>. toward <laughs>
1: your brother. Navigating relationships, part one.
0: <laughs> um, go ahead, Jitty. Well, well, I would say, firstly,
2: um, I would say if they're bringing you in the wrong direction, then it's not a good friendship. So I would say there are some relationships where it's not—they're not really helping you grow in your faith. And that's not necessarily good, but I guess you could say it's not necessarily bad. But then there are those relationships where it's like you feel like you're going in the wrong direction because of that friend. Mm. That's when I'd be like, yeah, there's a bad relationship. Now, if it's like, no, I will say I've had friends who weren't Christians, but they weren't bringing me in the wrong direction. I would say that I was bringing them in the right direction. Like I was mm. witnessing to them while I was playing basketball outside in the driveway and stuff like that. I think those relationships are good. Like I'm not saying that, and I, I don't think any of us are saying, if you're going to have friends, they got to be Christians right? because if, if we just approach the world like that, yeah, no one would be able to share the gospel. But I would say that if they're bringing you in the wrong direction, that's a bad f- friendship. If they're bringing you like closer to God, that's a good friendship. And if they're not really bringing you towards either, I would say that you want to bring them closer to God. And then that kind of, cause I noticed that when you, when you make an, like an active effort to like, um, be accountable to someone and like bring them closer to God, then it's kind of mutual. Then it's like, then they'll start asking you, Hey, how are you doing? And this and that. So if they're bringing you in the wrong direction, I would say that's a bad friendship.
0: Yeah. I love what Joshua says on the live here. He says, when someone is willing to tell you the truth and you are willing to, um, to let them, Oh man, then that's a good friendship. Mm. I, man, I I agree with that. That, that is something that we, um, have to work to value mm-hmm. as new believers, right? Because so much of now. Go, go ahead, JD. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just
2: gonna say that people see that as offensive now. Like, and I don't understand how you can be in a friendship with someone and like just not be be able to take the truth from them. Mm-hmm. Like, I just you know, in order to have good friendships, you, you got to be able to share the truth with each other, even when it hurts. You know? Can yeah. I
3: uh, piggyback off of that? Absolutely.
0: No. Go right ahead. I'll be
3: piggyback off of what you just said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. That's what, like, that's what I was going to say before that I tell my friends, you know, that I'm here to talk, you know, but I'm always going to be truthful. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, Um, but that I'm also going to use God as the authority. With my Christian friends, um, I'm telling them, like, we're on the same playing field, so you should expect, you should expect that when we're talking, there are going to be, like, godly principles that, like, when you're maybe asking about something and maybe um, your perspective maybe need some like shaping that I'm going to use like scripture. I'm not just gonna be like, you know, well, I feel like you need to use a bird's eye view because like, that's not going to just like, (laughs) like, that's not, you know, let's stay here
0: for a minute because you recently (laughs) said something to me that I thought was really profound. And, and I, you know I it's not that I was surprised but I was I was encouraged but also challenged to remember that sometimes there are things that we take for granted in our relationships and in our friendships even among professing Christians and one of the things that you said to me is that like in your age group even though you know your friends at least as far as I know, and you correct me on this if I'm wrong, your friends profess to be Christians. But what you have discovered is that sometimes you guys have to work to discuss the things that are like innate to the faith. That's it. I was it. just going
3: to say, it's almost like it's kind of uncomfortable. It, it's almost, that's actually not what it's almost like. This is what it's almost like. It's almost like it's not even like natural sometimes, I feel like. it's It's more natural, which makes sense because, you know, we're always bent toward like, And not necessarily that all things in the world are just like, you know, like horrible, but we're just usually bent toward things that aren't like the things of God, which is why we're trying, you know, we're trying to get better at that. I feel like, Um, but that's what I've noticed, like bringing up things about, like, I feel like there aren't a lot of godly conversations, even among my friends, I'm trying to get better at it, but I feel like we can talk about like each other's weeks. Um, makeup and Mm. hair and just other things that like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like what's your hair texture? This and that, you know, like those (laughs) things aren't like bad, but I just feel like
1: I don't have those conversations. So Mariah, you're saying that even in those relationships with, with, with other Christians, your friends, you have to be intentional not to just, Always talk about maybe things that don't really matter, but you have like to temporal
0: or superficial. Tempor- yeah,
1: and it's all right to talk yeah. about those things at time at times, but that shouldn't dominate every time you get together. That there's no mention of you know well, how and I think how you're doing, you know your walk.
3: I think it's important, especially in Gen Z, because I feel like that um, you would never really know what's lurking under, like in the cracks. Um, mm. I feel like. I don't know why, but there's all there's like always something going on. and a lot of the time we're just content to have conversations about worldly things because that makes us feel the most comfortable. And if mm. like you know, something godly is brought up, that's not as comfortable because that could expose something I'm going through that I'm not like, you know, I'm kind of like guarding a little bit. There's just like when you bring up godly things, there's usually like something that gets brought to the surface, like, well, you feel that way? wait, well, hold on a second. What did you just say? Hmm. Like, I can't, I've had conversations where we'll talk about like random things and then talk about something. God, and they'd be like, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't think that's, and then we'll talk about like, Oh, that's not. And it's like, no, that's not. Let me show you. And like, so yeah, I think it's, I think that's important. And I need to think of builds friendships too. Cause that person knows that you're going to talk to them about things that really matter, not just there for the fun conversations.
0: Yeah um miss carla asked this question on the live she says can you as a christian have a true friend who isn't a believer as well a self-declared unbeliever uh what do you think um oh go ahead son well i don't i think i would just ask like i don't know can you like
2: are you really able to coexist that far to where you're a friend to someone who believes on basically everything i just disagrees with Basically everything you say, because like, I understand, like I think I understand, I understand the question, mm-hmm. but I, I would just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you actually can, because I feel like, like I know for me, if I had a friend who was an unbeliever, and we're just disagreeing on everything, like I don't know if I could consider, consider that person a friend. But I think you could talk to someone like ongoingly, but I just don't know if that person could be could be considered a friend if you just disagree every time you talk. Because yeah. like, let's be real, like being a Christian, that's like that should be pretty much, like, your entire life, you're, that should be a basis point for everything you believe. So, like, anything moral, like, I mean, I guess if you kept it to, like, talking about um, superficial things, and I would also add that if that person is your friend and they're not a believer, it shouldn't bully. It shouldn't be that they're an unbeliever because you haven't presented the gospel to them. It should be yeah. because they've rejected it. Mm, I would, I yeah. just you just wouldn't want it to be that, like, oh, yeah, they're an unbeliever and I'm a Christian, and it's like, have you shared the gospel with them? And it's like, no, you know. So I don't know. I would. I don't think. I know for me, it would be kind of hard to. Yeah, have it, a friend, it would be believe, difficult.
1: Just disagree so much. Yeah, that, it, it would be difficult. You know, I think, um, it can you can have friends who are good friends who are not uh, Christians, but. Um, at some point, it's like, you know, can two walk together? Yeah. <laughs> Except this- they ag- agree, you know. So I think you would disagree on a lot of things, especially culturally, you know, especially maybe like morality and different things, you know. it's It, it, it couldn't be as deep as it is with another person who shares the same fate.
0: Yeah. And so, it'd be hard. so my source text for that would be found in second Corinthians, uh, chapter six verses 14 and 15. Right. So, cause there's one thing to say, well, I have a, I have a friend who, you know, I want to minister to this friend and you, you call that person a friend because you're like, man, I, I really do want to reach out. I really do want to, um, aid this person in growth and things like that. Um, but I think, the level of friendship that we're talking about and maybe that our sister Miss Carla is asking about, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's reserved for a believing relationship, a relationship Mm -hmm. where um, we have something in common and we can actually walk together. And as you were suggesting, JD, that we can agree. Right. So in Second Corinthians, chapter six, verses 14 and 15, we find this. Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. And then verse 15, or what harmony has Christ with Belial or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, man, it's hard for us to say, look, I just can't be friends with a person Um, at least not on a deep level, not on a significant level, who doesn't share my beliefs. And and I think, honestly, for your age group, this may be in some instances where we get it wrong because we think, you know, where we can all just hang out, we can all be together, but there is always movement in friendships. And and I, I don't think people understand this, not only for kids, but I think also for adults. There's always movement in friendships. What do I mean by that? Either you are drawing a person toward the light or you are being drawn away. Mm. You are either shifting the way they think about things and Mm -hmm. and trying to shift their thinking towards scripture, or they are shifting the way you think about things and shifting your thinking away from scripture, maybe Mm. more to more of a, um, a humanist response to things, you know, Mm -hmm. something that is culturally normative friends and friendships. They're not neutral. Right. We bring to those relationships who we are. Right. And so the way we talk about things, the way we process things, and I I think that's important. So I would say, um, biblically speaking, we don't have anything in common with a person who's walking in darkness. Mm -hmm. So so in order for us to say this is my confidant, this is my friend, um, it will call into question, you know, I I would say the fire of your relationship with the Lord, you know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And
2: like, what was that scripture you referenced? I'm sorry.
0: No, no problem. That's second, uh, second Corinthians chapter six verses 14 and 15. It's worth marking because it comes up in conversation a lot about like who we can be friends with and who we can hang out with, who we can spend time with. Um, and, and that has an influence on our walk with the Lord, whether we realize it or not but so how, yeah how
1: do we navigate because friend is one thing how do we navigate um family members um maybe brothers or sisters who are not born again um in, in that same in that same context as far as they're close to us like we love them and um we're friends with them to a certain extent because we you know family there's a there's a connection there so how do you navigate that uh with an unbelieving Sibling,
0: Mm. man, that's a good question. You know, are we are we talking about like can we be friends with the unbelieving
1: sibling? sibling? Because because I think the same thing applies. I mean, even Jesus talked about you know those who uh, obeyed his commands were his brothers and his mother. Yeah. So there's a point of if you're in Christ, you're closer to those who are in Christ than biological. Um relatives, but I, I guess just navigating those relationships of unsaved family members can be difficult as well, you know, and like what is the i think to draw the line sometime it may be um harder because you're like because they're family, you know, and I think people really have a hard time navigating those type of relationships, you know um is the the Bible is not um you know confused about how we should navigate those we we have a fidelity to god but mm-hmm. i think in our humanness there's a lot of difficulty in navigating family
0: yeah no for sure I, but but i think i think also i think that the lord anticipates that relationship mm-hmm. and even the understanding that there would be division you know um <laughs> Because of Christ, right, yeah. that there wouldn't be peace in some of our relationships, um, but there would be a sword like there there yeah. would be a division, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and that that some of our enemies would be the members of our own household. Yeah. So the gospel actually anticipates that as a reality. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out and we create it where we're like. He right. has brought a sword and, you know, <laughs> but I think sometimes it is the supernatural and it, in some instances, natural response to a transformed life coming up against an untransformed life. Right. Like a, a life that is still um, languishing in sin, still in darkness, there's going to be friction there. So there, there may be those divisions, but you still, you know, mm-hmm. are in the same household so to speak, you know? Um, so I think the Bible anticipates that that's not, look, the scriptures tell us that we are to follow peace with, with everyone as much as it depends on us. Mm -hmm. So like, we don't go out looking for a fight, but if people disagree with us, because you know, what we have said aligns with scripture, then it's just gotta be what it's gotta be. Like we can't, like, I can't, I can't remedy that. And I'm not going to keep quiet about the truth of who Jesus is, you know? So I don't know if that's if that's helpful.
1: Yeah, no, that's that that's that's helpful. And I think that's that that's a great answer.
0: We should leave it right there and pick up with part two on Monday. What about clicks and divisions? What about factions in the body of Christ? How do we navigate that? Does God's word have something to say about it? We're gonna continue the discussion. We hope that you'll come back and join us. Remember, when you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing.
1: God bless.